Today's scripture reading is James chapter 3, verses 2 through 12. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With a tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Good morning. Let's pray one more time as we prepare our hearts to focus on these words. Father, we do want to come before you today and to be taught by you, by your word and by your spirit. Father, we know your word is powerful, is promised, but sometimes we are resistant. And so we yield to you and ask that you would speak to us words of encouragement or as we saw, hard words that go deep into our souls. But Father, make us more and more into the image of Jesus if there's anyone here that does not yet know Jesus and know that their sins are forgiven, may they come to that point. Speak through my words. May they bring out your perfect text. We give you this time in the name of Jesus as we pray through your Holy Spirit. Amen. A lady was working at the post office and said when she worked the desk, she was used to moody people coming up there. And one lady came in very irate, and complaining, and she said, what is your concern? He said, I got this little ticket stuck on my door saying that you didn't deliver my package. And this was this morning, and my husband was there the entire morning. And she said, I'm sorry, I apologize to you. Let me go back and get your package. She went back and got the package. And uh, she said, here's your package, what's in it? Oh, my husband's new hearing aids. <laughs> the lady said, I bit my tongue. Biting your tongue, isn't that interesting? She wanted to say something snarky. After all, this lady had been complaining to her and blaming the whole po post office for something that was really their fault. It's hard to bite the tongue, isn't it? And yet she did it. 
We're going to look today at the tongue, and our title is Beware of Your Tongue. And I think that is a healthy dose of what James wants to tell us today. It's to take seriously the power of the tongue and to not get cocky about thinking that we have mastered it and to therefore turn our tongue over to God and to be willing to hear pushback about what we say. Their first point is the tongue can be the key to holiness. Two weeks ago, we were in the passage where we looked at verses one and two. Verse one tells us not many should become teachers. And the main reason is because of the danger of the tongue and teachers use the tongue. But then he ventures into the dangers of the tongue holistically, not just for teaching, and he meddles with all of us. And so he writes, we all stumble, and that's a metaphor for sin. It's for tripping, it's for walking or dancing or something like that, where you put a foot wrong and then you stumble. If you're dancing, it doesn't look pretty to stumble, does it? If you're walking and running and stumble, it's dangerous. I stumbled just on the two stairs to my garage and landed on my knees. Neither of my knees are good. And on my hands and just barely got out with that. It's dangerous, isn't it? We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And so we see that this is a universal problem. Now, right off, James was not writing this to discourage people. James was writing this to give a handle to people, for them to actually take serious things. Remember driver's education in the past? Do they still show you all the accidents, the bloody accidents that they do to try and dissuade you when you get in a car, you are doing the most dangerous thing you will ever do in your life? I still remember those things from way back when. Well, that's important because you're driving several thousand pounds. And when I drove a truck, I was driving many thousand pounds around. And it is dangerous, isn't it? And so we're trying to get somebody to have a healthy respect and still drive, but be careful about it because you're throwing around a lot more than your own weight. This is what I think he's doing here today. He's not saying none of you should drive or none of you should talk because we can see the problem can be also with not speaking when you should. Proverbs 27.5, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Ooh, that's interesting. Rebuke me. But when you should say something positive and don't do it, that's as bad as saying something you shouldn't have said. That's the dangerous thing about the tongue. So you can't just bite your lip all the time because sometimes God is saying you're supposed to say something like, I'm sorry, what I did was very wrong. Or to go up to somebody and encourage them when you don't think you have half an hour to give and you know it's going to take that time. We also see if in James 4, just uh, uh, a chapter forward, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, for them it is sin. Okay? We're going to get to that in a few weeks. And so he's not trying to discourage. He's talking about this metaphor for stumbling. We all do it, and the tongue is a dangerous thing for each one of us. Different in different ways but it is still hard to control the tongue. Now, this word perfect, 
The Greek word really means complete or mature. They'd use it for somebody being full grown, by the way. And yes, I know that there are people that are full grown, like most of us, that are not that mature. And so they play around with the words just as we do. But when we see perfect, we think that, you know, every letter's in its place. This is more for this maturity and for growing up to completion, not missing a part. Anyone ever put together a puzzle? Somebody on Facebook had this on today, this week, and there was this whole puzzle with two pieces missing. They said, most frustrating puzzle ever. It's incomplete, and they can't find it. My dad used to talk about how we would try to save the last puzzle piece to put in. And my brother would always save it there. So I took one and I put it in the plant. And everyone was done. We got it out and it had swollen up from the water. <laughs> it was about twice the size that wouldn't fit in. Doesn't it bug you when you look at something that's incomplete? Yes, I think my dad is still angry with me about that. <laughs> and so how do we get complete? Everything we need. And so if you can do that, you have the whole package. You've arrived. And he's not saying you can arrive right now. He said, but you are trying to get to the place where you've arrived. We're trying to grow up to be mature and to be complete. And so the tongue can be the key to holiness because practicing, monitoring our tongue will be disciplining the most hard thing to discipline in our bodies. And so if we discipline that, if we say no to our tongue, then it's going to be easier to say no to other things. And so that's what he's talking about. Work on this one. It'll help you with other areas because the tongue can flow right from the thoughts, right out the tongue. Sometimes you don't even have to think much about it. It just comes right through. The tongue can be a key to holiness, and that's why he's trying to give us a handle. The second point that he makes is the tongue is influential. Now, this is for good or evil. Um, he's talking about the misuse of the tongue primarily here because he's warning about the dangers but his metaphors show the strength of the tongue, its influence, its power. And we've seen the fact that the tongue can be used to encourage, to convince. It can be a very good and powerful thing. When we put bits into the mouth of horses, we can turn the whole animal. And so we see a big animal with a bridle and a bit in the mouth, and that allows you to steer the entire beast to put them in courses they would not choose. And so the tongue is something that can control something bigger. And then we go down to ships. They're large and driven by strong winds, but they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And with the right set of the sails and the right rudder, you can go just a few degrees off the wind. I still don't understand how the wind can be blowing like this out of there and you can be going this way, almost into the wind. But I've done it. I'm not a really good sailor, but I've sailed a few times. And you have the sails set and the rudder right, the rudder steers well. And so he's talking about the influence. He's talking about its power, how it can steer your direction. We're not talking here about how it can influence other people so much as how it can influence your life. And so focusing on the tongue can actually influence the direction you're going in life. 
which means if I cannot or will not work on controlling my tongue, I will not be able to control my actions. Because the tongue influences where I'm going, the course I set. Notice both of these are about courses, aren't they? The direction we're going. And so it can change and take us to a whole different place. We understand that saying the right things can be motivating too. When I was in my late 20s, I was very sick, down to 133 pounds, I know. This should not be 133 pounds. It was very dangerous. It's like I had anorexia, but I was eating. And uh, they put me on weights. I told you before, I had these two-pound weights I would bench press. It was four pounds, because two in each hand. I'd do it 10 times, and I'd be fatigued. But I learned from there, and then until about five years ago, I had to lift weights, or I would never hold weight. I learned the big difference between I can lift this and I can never lift this. And it's the exact same weight. Now, you put a semi-truck on me, I don't care how much I say I can lift it. I will not be able to lift it. But do you understand that a lot of times the things we say to ourselves and others limit us? Sometimes God says, Bill, do this, and I say, I can't do it. You know, I can do it, but what I say sets my course. And so I will not do it because I've limited it by what I say in my head and with my mouth. See how the tongue steers us? With God's help, I can do it. Boom. And you go boldly and confidently, and you can do a lot more. The tongue is influential. We also see the tongue is corrupting. This is... uh, Hard one to look at. Consider what a great for consider what a great force what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil. He's sort of milking this one, isn't he? Among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. Now, this could be speaking of me and my body and how my tongue can take my body down a wrong place. It also could be talking about the body as a group of believers, like a church, and how one person who's like the speaker, like me, my tongue, could lead the body a bad place. You understand that? Or one gossip that hits enough people. And so we understand that the tongue has the power to corrupt. We know its influence can be done for good. We've just noted the power of it and how it steers a ship, how it turns a horse the way you want it. Now we're saying, but be careful, this power is not always used for good. It is a corruption. The tongue, you know that Satan wants to get your tongue? What else does it mean when it says your tongue is set on fire by hell? That means that he wants you to say some things that you shouldn't say. He wants you not to say some things that you should say. He wants you to say incendiary things. Have you ever been sitting in a room 
and there's some gossiping going around, and everyone there is staying away from it. Everyone's staying respectful, staying above the fray, right? And then one person gives into it. It's like a piranha. (laughs) One person does it. Oh, it's okay to talk about it now. Have you ever seen that? And you start to feel bad about what you've been saying and say, wait, that's my friend I've been eating. That's what it's talking about. Fire, and the tongue is compared to fire, and so by extension, fire is dangerous and evil. The tongue can be dangerous and evil. Fire spreads rapidly, so the seeds of negativity with the tongue can spread rapidly. Fire affects everything nearby. It can hurt people even that aren't participating in the negative speech. You see, the tongue doesn't even care whether what it's saying is true. The tongue doesn't care whether people have the whole story, whether it's shaped and shaded and twisted so it sounds worse than it is. The tongue just spreads it and people are hurt. When Sandra and I were first married, we go to our parents' house, and we had the reverse role. We didn't have the mother-in-law, father-in-law issue. We'd go to my parents' house, and Sandra and my parents would make fun of me. And then we'd go to her parents' house, and I and her parents would make fun of her. And the person being made fun of would come home metaphorically bloodied, And, you know, everybody had the scoop on each other. Well, I suppose that may be better than the in-law effect. But we made a rule that we got to defend each other. We can't do this. We got to stand up for each other. The tongue is corrupting. When you're sitting there and their parents are making fun of her and they're saying some things that you sort of agree with and sort of funny, you don't think about whether it hurts. The tongue is corrupting. It's easy to jump in. There's a fine line between joking with someone and at them. And you really have to look at them and see if they're laughing with their eyes to see if it's turned into mean-spirited. The tongue is corrupting. We have to be careful of it. The tongue is untamable. He's doubling down on this now. All kinds of animals. He lists them, birds, reptiles. I even saw somebody with a pet alligator. It was about six feet long. Fed it chickens. And uh, it was as long as he had plenty of chickens, he was safe. What happens when this thing gets 14 feet and 1,500 pounds? I mean, then you're feeding it pigs or I don't know. (laughs) Reptiles, sea creatures. Remember Flipper? I grew up with that. (laughs) Are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. And SeaWorld, you see these great big whales and stuff doing that. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. It's 2003. Remember 
Roy Horn of Siegfried and Roy. He had raised a tiger from a cub and was almost killed by it. Bit his neck and uh, took three years before he could walk and talk again. It's difficult to tame a wild animal, even when you raise it from a cub, isn't it? Is he really telling us that your tongue and this tongue is more dangerous than a tiger? Yes. That we have to be careful and realize that our tongues have a life of their own. They have a direct report to the evil part of ourselves. And if we don't slow them down and think about them first, they'll just shove out what comes. And we won't think too deep because it will be very, very emotional. It'll be right from our hurts, right from our insecurities. It will just flow with the power of the emotion. And we don't sit back and weigh it. And we'll say things that, well, I don't even agree with that. But it's already hurt somebody. Somebody says something that hurts you. You mishear it. You say something to hurt them back. Then they say, that's not what I said. Too late. Tongue is untamable. And so we should never be off guard. You see how James is telling us just to be careful, be careful, be careful. That you're carrying around in your mouth one of the most dangerous things on earth. It can do good, but be careful of it. The tongue is also inconsistent. I have parts of verses 9 through 12 now on the screen, or you can turn in your Bibles. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. With it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. I'm going to read that again. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And I know you go into the Gurney's catalog and you can buy a tree that bears four different types of fruit. That's grafted. They just have a crab apple root and then they stick all these branches and graft them in there. That's not natural. My dad always shakes his head when he sees those heads. It's not the way God designed it. He says the same thing when you see strawberries this big. (laughs) The tongue is inconsistent. The first point I want to make is that hypocrisy stinks and we all can smell it in other people. (laughs) I can smell your hypocrisy a mile away. Nope, don't smell any here. It's hard to smell your own, isn't it? But other people see it. We started out singing these great praises to God. Ooh, what are you going to use with a tongue to just praise God? What are you going to do on the way home when the kids are yelling? 
Yeah, I know. My, my youngest is 30. <laughs> I've got three grandkids living with me for a time now. What are we going to do? Sandra sometimes asks me, is that the way you talk to other people? I have learned that this is, by the men, I have learned this is secret girl code for, you're not talking to me appropriately now. (laughs) That's a very interesting question, isn't it? Now, I know I'm on the autism spectrum, and I'm pretty forthright. I say things to other people, whoa, and that's normally pretty good because that means I don't hedge and lie about things. But that's a really good question. You know, you go home, and that old song that predates even my generation, you always hurt the one you love, the one you shouldn't hurt at all. Some of you are going to be singing that in the way it's at home now. Is it not true that you get in the place where you let down, and some of that's good, sometimes you let the worst out? It's a great question, isn't it? Is there consistency in our speech? And we should be bothered by this inconsistency that is hypocritical. And it's compared to water springs and some that are salty and some that are sweet or fresh. And if they mix together, they're still salty because a little bit of salt ruins it. He's saying in all areas of life, it's, not, it's supposed to be one or the other, but the tongue is different. And all he's trying to say is we should be troubled by inconsistency in our speech. Okay? I'm troubled by your inconsistency. I should be troubled by my inconsistency. That's what he's getting at. He's trying to belabor this point and to deal with it and to realize that we have to be very cautious with our tongue because if we want to use our tongues to build up, to share love, to encourage, to teach, to lovingly correct someone, we better not use them to attack because it undermines the times when we're trying to use them positively because the people are going to remember the inconsistencies. Well, you can apologize, and that really helps a lot, but we need to be more consistent. And so we see the tongue is dangerous. You got that point? You think James has put it through? (laughs) What are we going to do with this? Let's go to our application. Number one, recognize the danger. Just admit it. Just sort of sit down with yourself and say, I have a tongue that is dangerous. Okay? That the tongue is a good thing, but it can do horrendous things. So just sit back and recognize that that your tongue is dangerous. You recognize it from other people. How many people here have been hurt by what someone else has said to them? I want to show of hands. Have you been hurt by what somebody has said to you? How many people have hurt someone with what they have said? Okay? We're going to just recognize this. And to recognize that even though those who come to Jesus have been given the Holy Spirit of God to live within us, sometimes we don't pass things by the Holy Spirit before we speak. Sometimes we do not yield. Sometimes it's deliberate. 
because we really want to say something negative. And so recognize that this is going to be something that we need the Holy Spirit in. Two, apologize when you misuse your tongue. What this does is it sets a marker down saying that was not right. Okay? The opposite, if you justify it or don't apologize, you're saying that was right. And when you call a wrong right or a right wrong, you get in on shaky ground. We call out the world on this all the time, but we have to learn to set a marker. That was wrong. I don't want to talk like that. And thirdly, here's a practical suggestion you can take with you. Ask God to reveal something positive to say to someone today. Just say, God, show me something positive I need to say to someone today. Let's use this influential beast by yielding to the Holy Spirit and trying to see what we can do that God would bring good out of. But let us use these tongues to honor God, to yield to the Holy Spirit, and to be consistent in praising him.